College football fans, welcome back to the College Ball Show. He's Marshall. I'm Chris. And we're here to talk some good old-fashioned college football. Now, week eight is behind us. Um, we had some interesting games. No doubt Clemson had to come back. The comeback kids from Texas TCU come back. LSU makes a statement. Hey, we're here. We're in the top 20. You forgot about us. Same with Oregon. You know, after getting beat down week one, man, they've come back really, really strong. Texas in the last year or two can't hold a 10-point lead and on and so on. So we're going to talk that through week eight. We'll recap, and then we'll preview week nine as well. Ohio State, Penn State at Penn State. Um, 15 and a half points. Is that just a point spread talk, or is there a chance for an upset? It feels like it's just a point spread thing. Um, Notre Dame in Syracuse is kind of a sneaky game and a must win for both teams. Of course, every game in college football is a must win pretty much, but Syracuse hung over. Can they, you know, win in the dome where they look so damn good normally? Kansas State, Oklahoma State, Kansas State is Howard going to be back. That'll be kind of interesting. We're just talking about that. Kentucky, Tennessee, Kentucky looks like they're a little better than they were. Still need to get their running game going. Twelve and a half points, though? Not totally sure. We're going to talk all about it against the spread upset of the week. Barn burners. Just talk it through with the banter or the betting lines here on the College Ball Show. But if this is your first time listening to this College Ball Show, welcome. It streams live right here on blogtalkradio.com forward slash Ropadope Radio. You don't have to go to blogtalk and Ropadope if you don't want to. Download the show directly there or listen to the browser. You can find this year College Ball Show under the Ropadope Radio on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Player FM, Stitcher, Spricker, TuneIn, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and many other places. That While you're at it, why don't you head on over to thegruelingtruth.com. And one more thing, if you're thinking about cutting the cord, you're happy, not quite happy. I got something for you. It's called Direct TV Stream. The prices start as low as $49.99 for two months. If you decide to go with the Choice or Ultimate package, that gives you three free months of Showtime, Stars, Cinemax, and Epics at a savings of $160. It's the best of live TV on demand. There's no annual contract, no hidden fees. Plus, which has become harder and harder, you get to enjoy regional sports networks. That's direct TV stream. Okay. Going to go ahead and bring in my co-host, Marshall. And, uh, you know, just by the, the you know, hair of their chinny-chin-chin, Clemson gets it done with a backup. Oregon makes a statement. Like I said, Texas can't hold the lead. And TCU are the comeback kids. What says you, sir? Of course, the last part you mentioned was, of course, a, a bet I lost. I think you do that every week, and uh, you know, for better or worse. I knew about um, it this week. Cause I yeah, I know, I know, because because yeah, we 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 suffered on it together. You're right. <laughs> oh man, well, I mean, there's a lot of different ways to go, and actually, I get, I'm I'm gonna smile and laugh at someone. But we'll save that for later in the pod. Um, yeah, for TCU, man, that team again, that 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 pass defense, man, they got they were getting torched, but. At the end of the day, that is another um, high morale, crazy win. Like this school, like dude, you went from kind of being a, a struggling 
school with a coach who was probably meant to be gone maybe a year before he should have been or whatever, or a year, a year too late. But now you're undefeated. You're winning these games. You're, you're up top of your conference. Um, that Dugan is putting together a hell of a year. You've come back from down 17, down 18, and you're winning games. And it's like, dude, when, when is this run going to end? If you're a TCU Horned Frogs fan, you got to be loving life. Um, you have played a couple of uh, backup quarterbacks for the last handful of weeks with some injuries and some good luck and bad luck. But, hey, uh, again, if, if you watch that TCU-K-State game, if you were a TCU fan, you had to feel pretty nervous um, going there uh, into halftime. Uh, but you had momentum right before half. You carried it with you. Um, you, had to, you had to play a third-string quarterback for a little bit there, which uh, was a struggle. And, again, TCU finds a way to win. Now, I will say, Chris, I, I do think their defense has issues, whether it was the, uh, the backup quarterback in, for Kansas or – Hell, K State's back quarterback who actually played a hell of a game. Like that, that T. I don't think the TCU team is an elite team because I think defensively they do have a massive amount of issues. But I think offensively, they definitely are a top, probably top fifteen, top twenty school in the country. Like offensively, those boys can score. So again, I I want to give them credit, but it, just as we go throughout the show, obviously we normally talk about the ranked games first, then kind of sprinkled other ones later. I think this is a, a, a very good B-level team. You have a, an above-average offense, and that defense, I think you're getting a little bit of luck. But, again, at the end of the day, this is college this football. This is the Big 12, too. I mean, I, true. It's not, and, you know what, Iowa State's got a D, that's about it. Yeah, but at the end of the day, whether you win or lose, however you're playing the games, you're undefeated, and they deserve a lot of props for that. So TCU, man, Dugan, the, the head coach, Sonny Dykes, coming from, SMU now to TCU, just literally transferring over Metroplex cities. Like, dude, good for them. And that that fan base was there. They were cheering loud that night, and they got they got down a big again, but they got a win. So, hey, credit TCU that they're uh, they're on a hell of a run. And again, I think this run's going to stop at some point. But you and I both bet K State to win last week, and, and for whatever reason, that didn't happen. So, <laughs> the Horn Frogs keep surprising people and keep uh, cash from people's tickets, my friend. Yeah, the Howard backup was phenomenal. He got banged up, came back in, but there there was that point. Well, the point you made to me earlier, um, you know, about near the end of uh, the second quarter and then also later in the game where they went for it in their own side. It just seemed like, what are you doing? You know, yeah. Like, What's going on here? I didn't like that. But, you know, it is what it is. Uh, speaking of comeback, uh, Clemson at home, 20. 20- 27 to 21. They were down 21 to 7. Early Syracuse uh, scooped and scored a touchdown when it was 7 to 7, right at the freaking goal line. And that always will turn a, a game all around 90 yards or something like that. Um, and then they come right back back around and turn the ball over on downs after looking like they're getting a sustainable drive with nine plays in four minutes 34 seconds. Looking at it right here. Um, Came back, touchdown, 21-7, 21-10 at half. Um, we talked about this off-air. DJ, you know, I don't think it was just DJ's fault last year. I thought he got – he wasn't playing up to par, no doubt, but the running game looked bad last year. The wide receivers weren't making good catches. The offensive line didn't look good for Clemson. They had an overall offensive issue last year. This year it looks better, no doubt, or it has 
up until this game, obviously. It looked better. Uh, the wide receivers were making plays. TJ's been, you know, coming up in clutch moments. Uh, the running back is a stud, obviously. And that offensive line in general has played good. I mean, that, that run near the end was just nuts. But Shipley had 27 carries, buck 27, two touchdowns, had that 50-yard run. 6.4 a carry, and they almost got the 300 yards rush. However, um, saying all that about DJ, he had his worst game as a college student at Clemson. He was just missing guys, period. So they went to the backup, and he rallied them uh, for like four drives, got it, got the job done. Clemson remains 8 0, and, you know, or unbeaten, I should say, because they didn't remain in the L. But they they kind of grinded it out lately. They had that Wake Forest crazy, crazy game. Uh, um, they beat NC State the next week when that you know when they were actually healthy. Um, they got at Notre Dame, Louisville, Miami, and South Kakalaka. Um, I wasn't really thinking much of Miami this year because of the the new coaching and that they're struggling. They had eight turnovers. Uh, most this year by anybody in the Power Five. But at Notre Dame, kind of weird. Louisville at home, you never know. Um, South Carolina, my point is, they made this comeback. Did they get over the hump? And will they be undefeated? Or are these sometimes ranked, not ranked? We'll see if South Carolina is ranked by the time they get there. I suppose you could say the same thing about Notre Dame if they got a dub this week. But it kind of feels like they're going to go 12-0. and 0. It just kind of feels that way, Marshall. Yeah, and I think it's because, again, I would, I would put them on the level of TCU. That They're not an elite team. They just are in a conference that does not have, like, another opponent to match them. Like, I, I would – honestly, if Clemson played TCU, that would be a fun game to watch. You have one team the great offense, one team the great defense. Um for for because for Clemson that Ugalele like he and Dabo after the game well you know there's times when uh, Stephen Curry is using a basketball player well and even and Stephen Curry's probably the best shooter of all time or what what for three like he's one of the better Either basketball way, players like you know two or, eighteen that's not the same thing yeah and it, like yeah Curry does have an off night of missing threes but he's you know he's still normally doing something for his team like that that was a weird example and. And I think it goes to show too that the Dabo's kind of stubborn. Like so, you know, I, you know, I get co- coaches have their own guys, but it's like, oh, yeah. you know, if you didn't if you didn't bench your quarterback, you're probably not winning that game. Like he he was thirteen of twenty one. He did, you know, to his credit, he did. He, he did, and, and but what two picks and he had a quarterback rating of sixteen. Like, dude, that, that you know that's hard. Straight up missing. He, up. Yeah. So I mean, if you if you want to go back to him, that is gonna you know, I I you know, good luck. Like I mean, I'm not neither of us are Clemson fans. I, I do think that maybe starting the backup for next game one couldn't hurt, you know, because DJ just seemed off. Um, as you said, you know, a lot of times we do see college quarterbacks progress year after year. Um, I feel that you know he's kind of still in that same kind of area as he was last. You know, he, he's still probably the same guy as you said maybe that some of that's getting a little covered up from uh talent around him improving but I, I, that, I think he's been good this year i mean he's come through in the clutch multiple times so 
Yeah, yeah, you're you're right. Yeah, he had a shit game. So, um, and I and I guess I'm sure Dabble believes him. So, him. I would start him again and see just to make sure. Oh, well, and I'm sure he says he's going to. So I'm sure he is. Um, but hey, yeah, that's uh, again, for really all Clemson has to do is win. The it doesn't matter if it's pretty or ugly. You know, as long as there's a zero next to your name, we're actually going to get to that in the middle of the show here. Are you looking at potential playoff situation? And from North Carolina is in the conference final. Yeah, and from the way it's setting up, again, yeah. win or lose, ugly or ugly or pretty, you're 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 still kind of, you know, you're you're in your you're in the driver's seat. You really are for their their future. Um, for that game itself, um, I, I did bet the under. I was happy to do it because I, I I skated by by about two points. You know, I bet under fifty, and there was forty eight scored. Um, I did need Syracuse to go over in the second half, which they did. And he, no one scored in the third quarter, so I was sitting pretty good. And all of a sudden, Clemson started racking up points left and right. So I got a little hairy there at the end, but I did cash a ticket, which is nice because normally when we talk about games on this show, they're always pretty horror stories. Um, but uh, to give credit to uh, Syracuse, I, I really thought that um, both quarterbacks were going to play really poorly. And that's why I bet the under. Uh, and not that Schrader was elite, but – he played better than Clemson's quarterback. You know, he's 18 and 26. He did have one pick. We threw a touchdown. He had a quarterback rating of 60. By no means is that, you know, Heisman-ish, but he didn't play awful. And he also did run the ball 21 times, which is a lot for a quarterback. Like, that, that's from a lot of wearing stress on his shoulders. But 21 carries, 71 yards. So I thought that he, you know, outperformed himself a little bit, and it was at Clemson. So at the end of the day, um, again, Clemson got the win. Um, I think their offense would still struggle against a high-level team, just like I think TCU's offense defense would struggle against high-level teams. So we're talking about teams who are in the top ten, but they're maybe not quite near that top echelon quite yet as the year goes on, my friend. Yeah, and I mean, what is, you know, this year oh. does feel like the echelon is interesting because there hasn't been many teams that really have just solidified them all the way just yet. There's been some. Still feels wide. All right. Um, LSU in old Miss, 45-20. Um, they were able to at least contain, not contain the running back. He still had good numbers. But overall, if you look at what they were rushing for coming in, Buck 17, 3.2 a carry is actually containing that team, especially when you turn around and – you know, you're 252 uh, rushing at 5.3 a clip and, uh, you know, four, four tutties. So LSU gets the job done, didn't necessarily look great at the starting. I kind of thought, okay, Ole Miss can win this game. I like that. But Daniels, I mean, Daniels, wow. He's been a little inconsistent this year. He's either been really good or eh, pretty good. This, this, game here really solidified him. He had five overall touchdowns at 122 on the ground and threw 21 to 28, 248, two touchdowns through the air. Um, they're rounding into shape. I didn't necessarily know, you know, they had recovered with some wins since getting blown out by Tennessee, which looks to be a top tier, you know, team but they really got beat up and so that was always like mm, 
Yeah, it, it's not looking good, but I got to give them credit here. They got the dub, um, and they're moving on, and they're six and two. Yeah, and you know, as I said on the show last week, I, I'm I'm a Lane Kiffin guy. I love the dude; he's my guy. But I I wasn't that confident just because I think this throughout this year that offense really has never got going with Jackson Dart. I think that's part of the reason they've been running the ball religiously. They have had a softer schedule. And you saw get exposed like this team, even though in the first half they were up at half, like it's just, I, I still feel that this is not the team Kiffin had last year. And Matt Corral was obviously a much better quarterback. So, I mean, you look at Jackson's darts numbers, 19 of 34, 283, a quarterback rating of 64. Again, that's, it's not bad, but it's not great. You, you, no touchdown passes. He threw a pick. As you said, they only ran the ball for 117 yards for Old Miss. That team's been rushing for about 300 yards a game. So whatever adjustments LSU made at halftime, I mean, it, they worked. Like, Old Miss didn't score in the second half. And that they've kind of been a team for the last handful of weeks that's really came out flat and then had a good second half. So um, I'll tip the cap to LSU. They, they had a better game plan. Um, and again, I think this old Miss team, I mean, you're seven and one, so you can't say that it's not been a good year yet, but they've won every game they've been favored to win. Like th- this has been expected of them. And now, Kentucky. yeah, but, you know, but even so in college football, you know, a lot of times you, you do lose games. You're not always supposed to win. Like, you know, are you, I'm sorry. You, you, you sometimes no. lose games you're favored to win and, and, and they've taken care of business so far. But you now finish, well, you got coming up at A&M, which is not a super hard game, but then you got Bama, Arkansas, Mississippi State. So the front half of your schedule is easy. You cash in on tickets. Now your back half schedule is more difficult. Time to, you know, prove to say, hey, that that start of our year wasn't fraudulent. Like, hey, we're actually a pretty good team. Let's go and do it against our more high-caliber opponents. But without a trustworthy quarterback, I think that's going to be hard to do. So again, hey, it's seven and one. Um, you, you, you took your first um, you sucker punch to knock you down. Now, how do you get back up? Because you're going to play an A and M team. Who again? We will get to because I got to laugh. But um, that was I mean, a legal punch. That wasn't a sucker punch. Okay. No, no. Yeah. Hold on. That's a little bit of Lane Kiffin bias. So you're saying <laughs> Lane Kiffin got they're throwing batteries at him? Well, I, 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 I don't think they checked any golf balls on the field. Um, yeah, so, uh, so yeah, so hey, um, how do you bounce back? Because that was poor. And hey, to tip the cap to Brian Kelly, guy who I obviously rip a lot more than Kiffin. Hey, you've had you've had some some crazy losses. You've had some good wins. I think they're kind of getting the 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 all the ducks back in the same pond. Like that offense is starting to move again a little bit better. The defense yeah. a little bit better. Like new players are starting to settle in. Yeah, and and um, also if you're LSU, this I mean this is your you have a bye week and then Bama, so if you want to talk about a way for everyone to get back on the Brian Kelly train, I mean, dude, th- this is it. You, you um, freaking rally the troops. You host Bama. It's a 6 p.m. night game at Death Valley. I'm not saying they can win, but it it, it it's crazier things have happened. The Shit, this was the game last year where I think Bam was like a 27-point favorite. Yeah, and I remember turning that, turning that on at the bar, and it was like a three-point game in the fourth quarter. So, you, you know, the, 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 those LSU boys, especially when they host Bam, have a way of showing up for that game. So, 
if you're Brian Kelly, you got 13 days to, or what now, 12 days to have the best practice you've had of the year and give them a fight. So that, that would definitely win over some Cajun fans who are maybe still skeptical of the guy if you give them a fight or, or play him in a tough game. I mean, this whole win over, I got to keep pushing back. It's year one, not even a full year. Like, yeah, but as we know, people are saying on Twitter. I mean, what do you yeah, think they're going to say on Twitter? Yeah, but you know LSU's irrational. They, they're, I think, well, right, I say they're one of the more. We're, we're addressing the irrational people. Uh, yeah, but these are the same rational fan base people who uh, got rid of. Um, the, 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 this to fan base fair, is. Cons- he had a lot to do in getting rid of it. Let, no, fair, no, but I'm saying, but even even like Mile, like this is a fan base in general who has pushed away a lot of good coaches who actually all had pretty good tenures there. I hear you, but it's year one. If we yeah. can talk about this year three and he's having a struggling season, then I'm all for it. But but year one, I, it's just a little like you keep going back to it every week. It's kind of like, well, hold on. How much pre- – like the people that are firing and hiring, I don't think they're thinking – Fuck this guy. You know what I mean? I, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe maybe if he doesn't, you know, if he finishes 8-4, he'll look to Cam or something. I doubt it. Who Fair. Um, we just have a disagreement on that. Sure. Um, Oregon looked damn good and have since that <laughs> getting their ass kicked, which is always going to linger there. But still, they've looked damn good. They haven't lost in the conference. It's the only uh, to say that now that they beat Ukula. 45 to 30. Uh, Texas loses. They had a 10 point lead. And they've had now five times it's happened in the last season and a half. Five times they've let 10 point leads go. And it's not like they were, it was 10 zip and then it fell apart. You know what I mean? And that's a little different if that, you know, the 10 zip's not a big deal. But, uh, you know, some of these, a lot of these are in the fourth quarter. Uh, and they let one slip away. We talked about how, hmm, should they be six, six and a half? Now, we knew Sanders. Well, we didn't know about Sanders, I should say. We didn't know, is that shoulder going to be okay? Either way, Oklahoma State comes up with a big, big win the week where they lost a big, big loss as far as heartbreaking, being up in that game, especially on the road. That would have went a far way, and, and still they're in great shape. Overall, they get the job done. 41 to 34. SMU just kind of closing out the top 25. SMU made a game. It was 29 to 14 late in that game. They made a game and had to stop a two point conversion out of that. Tulane was up big on Memphis. Memphis did come back a little bit, ended up not getting the job done. But uh, Oregon, Oklahoma State coming up with big wins here, Marshall. Yeah, and actually, um, you for once saw a successful um, onside kick. Uh, work out to be a momentum boost um, in the Oregon game. And I guess I was listening to my uh, Vegas show uh, this morning, and they said they worked on that the whole week. But the coaches said, dude, if any of you are now, if any of you media guys leaked this, I'm kicking your ass out of all of our press conferences. So I guess it was something they'd been working on. Um, they saw something in film, and they, they busted out the right second. And, again, I mean, the one I have stuck in my head was when Nebraska did it first game of the year and it backfired. And we've had a couple other times backfired too, but when it can work in your favor, you know, all of a sudden, okay, you got momentum, you get a touchdown, boom, there's another one. Um, that, that momentum really did spin the game around even more to their favor. So, um, credit to them. 
that wherever there's a special teams coach, the head coach, the players, they saw something on film and they pulled it out. And, uh, hey, Bo Nix keeps racking up some serious points at home. This is a guy who in Auburn, you know, had a, quite the different home and road splits. He's been putting up even shit. I mean, these offensive numbers are probably even better than he's been averaging in Auburn. I, I know it's a different league and obviously not quite the skills, but nonetheless, when Oregon's been playing at home and Bo Nix has been a quarterback, they put together a nice year after that Georgia beatdown, as my co-host said, they're, they're having a strong season. And we talk a lot about momentums and the, the rides and the, the, and the losses of being a college football fan. The, the UCLA roller coaster finally came to an end because that team had been on a heater. They'd been crushing, uh, they, what they beat up Washington and then they beat up, um, on, uh, Utah. Like that team was due for a little bit of a letdown at some point. It is hard when you're in college football to consistently play a team who's ranked and win game after game after game. And so they, three they, in a row or something like, well, how many in a row at Oregon too? That's tough too, Chris. Yeah. In or, uh, even, yeah. Or, Oregon's always kind of been a trickier. Record. I can't remember. Yeah. Or, Oregon's a tough team played home. Actually, them and Utah both in that conference are, they normally rep their home fields pretty well. Uh, so hey, if you're Oregon, um, you're, you're playing yourself back. Speaking of players, you're kind of playing yourself back in the picture. Your only bad loss would be down to Georgia, who is still kind of rolling, rolling pretty hot. So if you're Oregon and if you're the Pac-12, um, you know, just big picture, like you're, they're making the conference look good again. It's been a couple of years since my co-host and I have talked about a handful of schools in the Pac-12 at this point in the year who are all still ranked respectably, who are having nice seasons. And if you're UCLA, hey, it's one loss, no big deal. Right. You lost on the road to a tough opponent. It wasn't uh, a, like a, a complete beatdown. I wouldn't say they you know, put the best foot forward, but it wasn't a it joke. You lost by 15. Quick, yeah. It? it was like, ooh, that's 28. Oh, wow. Like, it got ugly. Yeah. So, sure. but hey, uh, cred to, cred to Bo Nix and do that, that off. And, man, at home, that that's a special team. And then uh, Texas, Oklahoma State, Texas goes down swinging, not swinging, I should say, missing. Um, we talked about how that six felt too much. Yeah, and, and that was one of those things where I suppose social media kind of backfired on you because there was a lot of hype that Spencer Saunders was hurt and wouldn't play because, hell, I get, and I guess I heard from Vegas, that line actually opened like, um, <clears throat> Texas minus one, and that line got bet up to Texas minus six and a half. And I remember talking to you on the show last week of like, well, why the hell is that line that big? And when you Googled articles, it said Spencer Saunders may be hurt. Well, that really wasn't the case because Spencer Saunders, I'm not saying he was 100% healthy, but in that game was 34 or 57. He threw for, uh, he was nine yards short of 400. So 34 for 57 for 391 and two t- two touchdowns. Like that's a pretty healthy ass quarterback to me. Yeah. And you know, and they're in Stillwater. And I'm not saying it's an Oregon or Utah spot, but for the record, you know, if you're looking at Oklahoma State, they normally they have a pretty decent home field. It's maybe not the most scariest place oh, to no, go and play, yeah, but sure. they 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 rep pretty yeah, well. So they activate their fan base, no doubt about that. If you were one of the people who just kind of hopped on that train and moved it from one to four to six and a half, like dude, that that's a tough beat. But again, it just goes to show that when you are looking up 
you know, bets for gambling and you're looking up reports like that. It, it was kind of a speculation all week, but you never heard Oklahoma state say, Hey, he's out. So, right. um, I, Hey, that, that credit to Oklahoma state, that that's a good win. And it really is a complete crap shoot as to who's going to win the big 12. It, it is a lot of fun. It, it's been a really fun division. We've talked about it every week and, uh, it, the, 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 the talks continue because I know TCU's up there, but man, it's a really, Top to bottom, very fun division to talk about every week on this show. Yeah, no doubt about it, man. It seems like every single week they have not one but two damn good uh, games. Uh, Baylor looked damn good. Looked like they, I thought they were going to be this year. Um, Kansas did get back into that game, and then they said, oh, yeah, okay, that was nice. You got the whole place jumping, you know, the Kansas fans, I should say. And then, boom. They just went down and scored a touchdown, 35-23. I did lose a 10-point plus 10 on that. I was really happy when it was 28-23. I'll tell you that. I was like, here we go. All right, <laughs> I got the bet. And uh, so I'm going to – I think I got to I, I gotta reassess this Kansas betting without uh, Daniels. Uh, it, it went good for four, even without him. Like the pluses, it, it went good. But they were tight. They were tight wins. Now it's like now I'm tightly losing. So I got I got to reassess that. I do wish Daniels was playing that. That's to uh, Billy Bean or whatever the hell that guy's name is. But uh, you know he's good. He's solid. But he's just Daniels could just make something out of nothing. He's just a difference maker. But yeah, overall, just kind of looking through some uh, you know some games. Uh, another game we talked about BYU Liberty. What's why is why is BYU favored so strong? Well. We don't know. Forty-one to fourteen, Liberty smacks them around, and I got it. As much as I hate it, my Gophers got beat up against Penn State. They had a nice drive at the end of the second quarter. I thought, okay, maybe they could make this respectable in the second half. It wasn't respectable, but Wisconsin the last two weeks are starting to look resemble a Wisconsin team, just just slightly. Thirty-five to twenty-four, they beat Purdue. That one kind of is like, huh? Well, Purdue already dropped one, and now it looks like Illinois is, you know, is gonna is gonna run away with it. Um, at least right now, still five games left or whatever. So anything else can happen. That Washington, California, I did watch that at the uh, end of the night. Washington ended up getting the the job done, 28-21. Obviously, the crafty, crappy pick of the week. You knew I could pick Hawaii back-to-back wins. That just wasn't going to happen. Marshall, it just wasn't going to happen, right? Um, looking damn fine in that category. Um, what says you about any other action before we get to this Week 9 stuff, sir? I'm with you. You know, that's kind of a, a tough spot for Minnesota um, against Penn State. Um, with Penn State. That has yeah, played. with the backup, yeah, a night and game, a whiteout. Like- it looked like he hadn't played. <laughs> um, and if if by chance you were watching a football game and you were drunk and you saw Iowa was up seven to three on Ohio State, they were, they were up with a they actually had a defense touchdown themselves, and, and then and then you soberly start watching the game and you see Iowa lose fifty four to ten. Man, that's a uh, oof. That well, at, at least the at least an Iowa game went over. So if you bet an Iowa under. I don't. I don't think that over under was uh, sixty five. So I think you finally cashed an Iowa over ticket. 
um, if you're looking for that. Iowa did contribute three points offensively. Um, I don't know. I mean, I guess the, the, the field goal kicker actually scored the three. Um, but yeah. And lastly, and then we'll, I'll move on is, is Alabama. I, you know, I was kind of a little skeptical as to what, how they would look. Um, cause Mississippi State has had a good year, but Bama came out. They took care of business as the, you'd expect them to from a, a loss from sure Nick Saban was very joyful and peaceful practice over that past week. Um, they were up 24 to zero at half. Um, I believe they were about a 22 points favorite the whole week and they won by 24. So that, that spread was really close, but, um, Alabama's defense only gave up six points. And those were in the fourth quarter. So I'm sure it was a very peaceful, peaceful, uh, week of practice at Tuscaloosa. And now I got LSU coming up and, uh, Old Miss coming up, uh, who are both off by weeks when they get to play them. So the Alabama, um, season will continue with some tough, uh, opponents, but hey, uh, Saban's a care business to no surprise. And again, only dropped down to six in the rankings. So they're, they're, they're sitting just fine as they try to re, re up the rankings from, uh, well, the roll tide faithful. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, sure. Yeah. But the, the, they're, they're, they're sitting, they're, they're, they're one of the, they're one of the teams who has a great chance, obviously. That one loss right. and they, they didn't let become two, which can happen in college football sometimes. Yeah. Which brings us to the perfect segue. Yes, and speaking of that, um, this could be one of the most fun years ever uh, of speculation and arguments for. This is why we need twelve teams. Sorry, sorry. Well, and, and you know, sometimes it's been the fact of all well, we got. It, it's Georgia, or sorry, it's Bama and Clemson. No one else can beat them. So why the hell do we have more right. than four teams? Well, this year there actually is not the if Clemson and Bama aren't the only top two teams. So. Just to kind of, and we'll get more into it next week because the rankings start to come out and we'll, we'll start to have these fun debates. But just yeah, November first, Tuesday, next Tuesday, they come. Speculating as of right now, and that's why I enjoy this because normally we we can't have this chat because we know it won't turn out to be true. But you're looking at potentially having Bama, Clemson, or sorry, um, Bama, Georgia, Tennessee are all possible reps for making it from the SEC because if you're Tennessee. You probably lose to Georgia, and then you win out for the year. Okay, you you have one loss to a Georgia. Okay, have a chance. Georgia, Maybe. they're I'm yeah. You're, probably. You, you, Georgia's probably could lose to oh they can, I mean they could hypothetically, but Georgia might lose to Bama, or they might lose to Tennessee. Okay, that's their one loss. And Bama, if they went out, cool. If they beat Georgia, all right. Well now now you have a whole triangle mess. So those three teams have a great chance. Ohio State and Michigan both have a good chance of making it to the Final Four. Um, Clemson is more than likely going to run the table, so they're kind of a shoo-in, even though they, they're not in the, one of the more tougher divisions. And the Pac-12, you have potentially Oregon, UCLA, and USC all the chance to make it. And the Big 12, who – Don't forget about TCU. E- even though the Big 12 is maybe not quite as top-heavy as uh, the Big 10 or SEC – I would say as a conference overall, they're probably as competitive as any of them, just from a top-to-bottom standpoint for, okay, you're top-heavy, but from top-to-bottom, we we're, we're, might be the strongest country in the whole uh, conference in the whole country. So you're looking at potentially three SEC teams, one from Clemson, which is four. Um, you have three potential Pac-12 teams, so that's seven. And then you have the Big Ten right now, which has two more teams. Right, right now, 
nine teams have a legit chance of making the college football playoff, which is cool to say. Because normally at this point, again, you're thinking, the, okay, well, Bama, Clemson, and whoever else is three, and then who gives yeah, a shit about four? Or maybe sometimes it's just the fourth who's going to be fourth. You know? yeah. yeah, so the fact that they're – and obviously I know some teams got to play each other. So obviously when Bama plays uh, Georgia and Ohio State plays Michigan, things do change. But just the fact that right now we have nine potential people who could all go to the Final Four at this moment, that's fun. Like – this really would be the, the, a great year to have the tournament expand because, again, it's not the Bama Clemson steam show. Like, these teams are beatable this year, and there's a chance. So, well, it, now the debate would be, well, they're going to all play each other, so it's going to get worked out to four. True. But at but, least for now, the know, speculation is, is there, it's possible. It is and it, the season. Yeah, and you're going to come down to, you're going to have a lot of, and this will be my last point, you're going to have a lot yeah, of really good one loss teams in a conference who you, the only opponent you lose to is a team in the football playoff. And you're going to be comparing maybe one loss to one loss teams where it's like, dude, this actually is going to be, you know, the, the honestly, the only debate we've really had over the last couple of years is who should make it is do you let the small guy in, in Cincinnati this year? It's like, dude, there's going to be a lot of big boys who want in, which will make for a whole bunch of fun, fun debates with me and my co-hosts and the rest of the nation about a month from now. So something to look forward to. This year should be a fun debate, and I think it's going to be very enjoyable as, as the playoff prediction – or sorry, as, the beat, as they do their playoff shows um, on Tuesday nights. The playoff committee. Yes, yes. Selection. Um, and then also college football has a way of being a sprint, a marathon, all in the same breath, and then in two weeks a bunch of these people lose, some of them to teams they shouldn't, and then you're like, oh, shit, we're in the same boat, but this is fun to get there. So. It's wide open at this moment. Mm-hmm. It feels deep into the season. And this is just another reason why not just the college football regular season is players, but also a positive thing is this is why the November 1st next Tuesday rankings are real, right? Because there's no fucking point in, 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 in all these stupid rankings. Early on. Now, I shouldn't say there's no point. I do understand why they did it and why it started in 1936. It, it, it needed a ranking. Obviously, you have 130 teams. You know, in the last chunk of years, it's gone from like 117, 130, kind of bouncing back all over the place. But it's just such a great idea to wait on the official rankings. You can have debates once the rankings come out. Lord knows we do. But it's just it really it's so awesome. That's, you know, that's what it is. And we're going to have nine weeks of football. So everyone will have played these games by then. So, okay, now let's see. Because, you know, we keep seeing these. And that's the thing about this season. We keep seeing these top ten. Like, is that the ninth best right now? Is that really the ninth? I don't know, dude. You know, so I love it. I definitely love it. All right, let's get down to the nitty-gritty week nine just kind of working our way through it. Um, there's some there's some competitive ass. I don't know who's going to win Kansas State, Oklahoma State that we'll get to in, in, in some point spread stuff where you go, hmm, you know, I favor Ohio State, but is this where they slip up? Ohio State didn't look great in the first half, right? And then they put, you know, put it on them. Um, but let's go with – because I'm just wondering about this spread. Kentucky – at Tennessee, 
they didn't have a bye last week, but they might as well have, right? Because it was uh, an easy game. Um, now, Kentucky did have a bye coming off a nice win um, in Mississippi State. And it looked like they were starting to figure some stuff out. They've lost really tight game. They lost You know, you could make those. You could make an argument they could have beat Ole Miss with those three drives that they messed up every time. Credit to the Rebs for getting done in those three drives and costing that turnover on that on that fourth and uh, not fourth and goal, but fourth down play. So I'm not trying to take any way credit, you know, this. But Kentucky's still a pretty good club, I think. Offensively, when you look at it, 50 points. Tennessee's putting up. Jeez, Louise. Uh, that's the biggest thing on Kentucky. Now we, they don't have they don't have a juggernaut offense in the, in the last few years, but the key is they're passed for 260, which on the surface is like wow, that's good for them. They're only running for a buck 13, and even pass happy at times anyway. Tennessee is running for 202. Now some of that comes from their quarterback making something out of nothing, but I still can't. Even though Rodriguez is coming back with a bang, Marshall. I still can't get over that, but can are they capable of putting up, you know, that many rushing yards? Because, yeah, they're going to be able to throw on Tennessee. We know that. But you're going to also want to be able to run so you can keep that damn 50-point offense off the field. Am I right? Yeah, it seems like Tennessee, if, if, if you're playing them, especially in Tennessee, they're dropping at least 45 on you. Uh, you know, I, and, and they they got the firepower to do it. So, um, and it's not the team that struggled with Pittsburgh. You know, no, it's a different mm-hmm. team now. Yeah. So, I, um, man, I I think I think the spread is fair. Um, I mean, uh, hell, even if Kentucky has a little bit of better defense than Bam, I don't know if that's even true or not, but, um. I think this Kentucky, or excuse me, this Tennessee offense is just one of the best in the country. And until someone beats them or really slows them up, I think the 12 and a half is probably fair. Um, we, we, we all thought that the, well, you and I thought that their line against LSU was pretty LSU friendly. Um, hell, the Bama line, I mean, they, they pretty much scored on Bama almost every drive of the game. Like, I, I just think that the 12 and a half, because Kentucky, they, I mean, with with Levis in, they've been a, a decent team this year, but this is prob this is the best offense they've probably played all year. Um, I, I mean Kentucky, they beat, I mean they beat Florida, but that game Florida and the quarterback were figured out. Um, they lost Old Miss, they lost South Carolina when Levis. Left. I just think that Tennessee's just played much better football. So it's not I, as good as they have been the last two. Yeah, they're they're yeah they're really not. So I think I think the point spread is fair. It may seem a little bit high, but again, if you're Tennessee and if you're if you're ranking that team, what more do they have to do? You know, to to earn respect from Vegas, I think they've done so far. So um, if I were to bet the game, I would bet that I would take Tennessee or I would stay away. I just think that offense at home is a, a different beast, and I think they'll keep taking care of business, and I think they'll get the job done this week against Kentucky. Yeah, I think I would. I wouldn't stay away. I would bet Tennessee, but I'm not – I just don't know about that spread yet. I'm still kind of messing around with it if I'm going to take the plus. Uh, 
I don't, I don't know. It, it, it just doesn't seem like Kentucky. I don't know. This is a defense you can sustain drives on, though. I'll say that. That's the only thing about that's keeping me from Tennessee winning, you know, being an actual – they can win a championship. They definitely can, but it's still like, damn, at some point someone's going to make a pay for that. Maybe it will be Georgia, and that's the only one, and then they end up, you know, getting in at the fourth spot, and they win a championship. Who knows? But um, uh, moving over to as as far as, like, having to do with uh, AP-ranked number two Ohio State, um, another large spread, even larger, at Penn State, 15-and-a-half. Um, toughest game they played this year uh, on paper. I mean, I don't think that's a big, you know, I'm not jumping out the window saying that. Um, Penn State, to their credit, in the first half were up 14 to 13. In the second half, uh, against their credit, <laughs> they got their ass kicked uh, by Michigan. Um, Ohio State didn't look great in the first half, like I mentioned last week. Um, Notre Dame, game one, literally game one, shut them down for a half. Then they, you know, put 21 on them in one half. So I guess I'm saying, is it a letdown to where, and when I mean by letdown, they don't win by 15 points. Is there a possibility? Is there a way? It's not going to be a whiteout at night. Go figure. So the Gophers got to play at Penn State whiteout, but Ohio State doesn't. Isn't that fun? Um, are they going to roll or, 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 or is it one of those, man, Michigan, we got to do better than Michigan. And they, they, they kind of put the, the cart before the horse, and all of a sudden it's a 10-point game. Because that's really what we're talking about. In my opinion, it's not, can this be an upset? Because, shit, they're almost averaging 15 points. Yeah, I, uh, I you know, I, I haven't seen Ohio State play as much as I've seen some other teams play this year. Um, but, I, I mean, they're, I think they're a pretty uh, good quarterback, I'll, I'll say that. Yeah, and I, I think they're just one of those powerhouse offenses that they just – the hype before the season was they have one of the best offenses in the country. And and their number one receiver hasn't even – you know, he's been hurt. He hasn't been playing that good. That's what's crazy. Holy God, that was some loud-ass thunder. I was say, yeah. Jeez, that is not sound effects. Holy it cow. It hasn't um, for a while, but I, there was one night where I, I was recording a, a boxing show, and it was just crunching the whole thing. Man, well, I, I, we got um, it. And I heard it. <laughs> yeah, that 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 was that was real. Um, I I would just we're talking about you know Tennessee's a a beast at home. I think that if you're just looking for offense, Ohio State. I mean, but literally, Chris, for the last like three to four years, they they offensively have been an issue for every team in their conference. Like occasionally they'll have an off half. But, I mean, up until Michigan last year, who kind of stuck it to him and ran the ball down the throat, this is a team that basically scores 40 points at will. They have a coach who doesn't care about running up the score. Um, what the hell? They did a fake punt on Rutgers a few weeks ago when they were up 34 points. Like, this Ohio, they're just a good team yet again with an offense that's loaded. They got all the wide receivers they can ask for. Like I would, I would not be touching any bet against them. I, I think this team's going to continue to be successful this year. Um, that wouldn't surprise me. See, I, I would take them with the points, if or maybe tease them down to only win by half to win by like eight. Um, the Ohio State, I, until they play Michigan, I don't think anyone else in that division or conference can really 
match up with them this year, unfortunately. Not even – oh, until they play Michigan, sorry. I, yeah. I misheard you. <laughs> um, and, yeah, like I said, I mean, they're stud. Funny because someone was hurt last year at the beginning of the year, remember, and he went off. Mm-hmm. And then now he's hurt, and who knows? If he comes back, man, they could be even that more dangerous. If he comes back, they might be able to win the championship. Um, but we'll see because that and, – and just talking about Ohio State, usually it's their defense that takes a little while to stick documented that well the last three four years usually it's the defense that takes a little bit to get going and you wonder hmm and then it looks better at the end of the season yada 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 okay so you know that kansas state oklahoma state it's so tough to tell we assume harvard's going to be back um if he is do you like their chances at home they're a one and a half point favorite or do you think oklahoma state that almost beat tcu on the road and, and we're able to get a win the next week, you know, coming back, that they're going to keep the go the, the ball rolling, and they're going to beat Kansas State at home. It is one of the – it's kind of a – well, it's a pickup game, literally, uh, damn near, and it may be by the time kickoff comes. Oh, man. Well, again, if, you, if you're doing your research, find out, find out what the conditions are of Howard. You'd assume Kansas State's backup's going to play, but you're not 100% sure. Um. Man, that Kansas State's offense looked so good um, in that game against TCU. And their defense looked great, too. They, they, their defense was playing damn damn near incredible football because they only gave up 10 points to TCU for the first 28 minutes of that game. So, I mean, if you get that K-State team with a very talented running back, like, they, they could easily – they could be K – they could beat Oregon State. But if the backup is all hurt and Taylor Martinez is still hurt and you have to put in the, the young third-string kid, uh, good luck. I'm guessing, Chris, that point spread is telling you that the backup will play because if the third string was in, I guarantee, you know, like the Oak State's sure. probably favored by a touchdown. So I'm guessing Vegas is saying, ah, oh, he's going to be okay. And if he is, um, I, I, Jesus, I, I would pick, man. I would, I would, yeah, it it is. It's, it's, it's really a coin flip because if you watch both of these teams play this year, um, both have pretty much been pretty reliable. Like we, we expected K State to kind of be a sleeper team to have a chance to win the Big 12, just like TCU is kind of a sleeper team and they've both pretty much ripped out pretty well. And Oklahoma State, they're defensively not quite as strong as they've been in years, but I think offensively, even though it's not always the pretty, that Spencer Saunders has kind of been proving people wrong and weekly on a weekly basis put up, put up pretty good numbers. Um, I would, if in a close game like this, I think you have to lean towards the home team just because that is obviously an advantage in college football. But this is a true pick em. Obviously, see how Howard is. I'll take K-State to win, but this should be a really fun game. Both these teams have been playing pretty fun football to watch over the past month, so I'll take K-State in, in, a, in a close one. Yeah, as long as, like, you know, obviously Howard's back. I, I think I think you're right about that. But I don't know, man. Sometimes you can live like Oklahoma State last year. It's sometimes kind of like, I've been, like I did earlier in the season with Baylor. You can kind of live off last year, you know, and you're like, God, are they going to be able to do it again? They go one loss to the whole thing. I don't know. It's, it's kind of interesting. As far as Thursday night goes, um, Virginia Tech, NC State, 
not much there. Utah visiting Washington State. It could get tricky. Eight-point uh, uh, favorites there. Excuse me. Um, just as far as hardcore barn burner. Uh, Raging Cajuns, who are having a down year for their standards uh, against Southern Miss. Um, about four or five years ago, that would have been the crappy, crappy pick of the week. That is no longer. That's a that's a really fun game. Can BYU get on track uh, against East Carolina, who's scrappy? That's a Friday game. Um, can Ohio- Iowa State finally get over the hump and win a game? They're, they're one-and-a-half-point underdogs at home to a Gabriel-led offense for Oklahoma. So that's – I don't know if they can – I'm not sure about that one. Um, there is some other games that are kind of kind of interesting just on the hardcore level that you think, oh, you know, that should be a really tight game. Uh, one of them is Boise State – or one of them's not Boise State and Colorado State. No offense, Colorado State. But golly, 27.5 points. doesn't look like Boise State's getting back. Here's one that uh, – it was freezing up there for a second. Um, well, Ole Miss, you know, at Texas A&M's a good game. But Baylor at Texas Tech, they're both four and three. That could be a separator to try to win eight games, uh, you know, in a season. That's a big, big game there. Uh, but just on the hardcore level, of course. And then we got another 10:59 kickoff at Hawaii, Wyoming at Hawaii. I just wanted to point that out. Well, let me ask you a question as we kind of wrap up before we get to the crafty crap pick of the week. It, it, okay, so TCU, they've had crazy game, crazy game, crazy game. They've had some back quarterback luck. They finally now go to play the worst team in the Big 12, again, who top to bottom has been having a hell of a year. Would you see this as an opportunity where TCU finally says, dude, take a deep breath. You know, we had a crazy comeback at home against Oklahoma State. We won. We had a crazy comeback against K-State. We won at home. Is this a moment where, again, these are college kids? Do you say, hey, we're going to West Virginia. They're the crappiest team in the Big 12. Let's just take a deep breath. Let's focus on our, you know, let's just get through the week. Is this a game where we're next week we're talking about, damn, Horn Frogs, offense finally fell apart? Or is this a team that, who, again, has been playing with a horse, a four-leaf clover on their, on their, on their helmet pad or whatever, or on their friggin' chin strap. Do, would you see this being a letdown spot? Or is that offense too good, despite the defensive issues, um, for them to have a slip-up game where the Morgantown faithful are able to, uh, give them a, give them a good punch? I think they could give a good punch, but I, I don't think they'll slip up. But I, I do like that you pointed that out, though. I think it is a fair question. Um, and, you know, West Virginia has shown some good, some like, eh, not so much. Um, not so much last week, right? Sure. It beat 48-10. But then, you know, uh, doing pretty good against Baylor, beating them. Um, so I think it's a it's it's an interesting trap-type game that could – come down to the wire i think i think it is a good example to bring up and um another you know game you just briefed over which i think it is funny because at the start of the season chris when we were people were talking sec there was the debate of who's gonna be better this year nick saban or jimbo fisher because they were talking and giving each other crap for you know who was having the best players come in with nil deals 
Um, in case you've lost track at home, uh, Jimbo Fisher's team has now lost three games in a row. I believe, Chris, this was a team who earlier in the year was ranked in the top ten, correct? Or, or yeah, damn I mean, near. They, I, I want to say they were like either sixth or eighth. So you have a team who is ranked sixth or eighth who's now lost three division games in a row. Man, what a absolute meltdown. Not being a Jimbo Fisher guy, I find this comical. Um, they do play Old Miss this week. Um, I do hope next week I can come on in this podcast and discuss an Old Miss win. Um, I think that if Old Miss's defense is decent like they have been for the better parts of the season, I think they can win. But, man, just to see Jimbo Fisher, the guy who was, you know, they, they, talking a lot of trash, they, they're having a tough year. So I, I, I can't imagine that all the – all the money you're giving him, I know they ain't buying him out because I, 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 you know, I was kind of rant on about Kelly. Um, those A and M backers. But I will say those A and M, those A and M uh, people, dude. That I think the buyout for him so early would be absolutely crazy. But I'm sure that there's probably wanting to have a little more uh, better results. Quarterback, dude. Jeez. Well, I, I, I know. And honestly, I think I think I, I bet the defense has probably got tired because I think at at some point since year, Chris A and M had like a top twenty defense. But if week after week after week you're only scoring maybe ten, twelve, fifteen points a game, um, even the defenses as good as they are in this country get tired eventually. So, <laughs> um, again, I'm hoping for an Ole Miss win. Uh, but man, yeah, if you're Jimbo Fisher, dude, you, you so got you got to find a victory at some point. Fisher signed a ten year. Fully, fully guaranteed contract. Jesus. That will pay him $95 million through uh, 2031 if Texas A&M fires Fisher after 2022. Uh, oh, wait. This is last year. No, no. Yeah, after this year. After this year. Uh, the, bo- the boosters would have to pony up $86 million. Holy. So well, yeah, he, he ain't going anywhere. But the boosters could be like, hey, um, can we get a new coordinator? Can we just refresh something? Mm-hmm. Uh, something. Something. Because they got talent. They've been in tight games. They almost beat Alabama all the time. The whole – I don't know about talking shit about Bama, though, because some of that was protecting – or not protecting, but on the defense of the lies Saban was telling them. So, if we're being honest. Sure. He told lies about A&M. He told lies about Deion Sanders. Like, Saban said a bunch of misinformation in the summer because all of a sudden, you know, the the boosters in a lot of different places are starting to get riled up. Like, all right, we can actually, you know, it's kind of like he was getting mad because now it's more even. Oh, what the hell? Yeah. You know, and that that was bullshit. So I, I don't think he was talking a bunch of shit. In the offseason, we're, we're going to be better. We're, we're winning the natty or nothing like that. It was more on the defense. But either way, kind of like what we were talking about LSU, this is, a, a, this is the time frame where you're like, hmm, what the hell are they going to do? Because um, at some point, you got to call it for what it is. And with the recruiting, at this point, you know, you're, uh, you're underachieving. And just uh, one last game, and then I'll give it to my co-host, and we'll get to our crafty, crafty pick of the week. Um, if you're talking just rivalries, much like Oklahoma, uh, excuse me, 
much like K-State's always caused OU issues, every team kind of has that one team's number. Um, I know Michigan's been playing great football, and I know they're a 22-point favorite at home, but for the life of me, and I remember these throughout the years, about every damn time you've ever watched Michigan State play Michigan, no matter how good Michigan was, I, I, I would almost blindly go and bet Sparty just because you're getting three touchdowns. And, and I know Sparty's been shit this year. They're not a good team. But sure. I, I've seen this story a lot, Chris. Just like we, we earlier earlier we saw this year, we are like, why is K-State a 13-point dog to OU? K-State won the game. It just off rivalries alone, you're getting yep. 22 points for Sparty. I would just a weird thing. bet, 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 throw 20, 30 bucks in that because that Sparty team has ruined some great Michigan seasons, and this is another chance for them to do it. And I'm not saying they're going to win. No, no. But if you give me three touchdowns plus a point in a massive rivalry game where everyone still remembers the picture of the of the botched punt in the end zone and the Michigan fan there staring like his dog just died. Like I'm telling you that you're getting some good value there and Michigan could beat him 48 to 10. They could, but yeah. that's a whole lot of points for a great rivalry matchup. That's almost always a neck and neck game. Well said, sir. Well said. All right. So it is week nine. That means eight games have uh, happened, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what says you about our record here? Well, hey, you know, six and two, that, that ain't too shabby, brother. I, they they say the best. We're going bowl season. It, yes. They, they, they say that they say the best in Vegas hit a 64% clip. That's like, you're really, really good. If you didn't well, we're, we're paying the Not bills then, years, sir. I'll tell you what. Not too shabby. Yeah, we're, 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 we're 70% the last couple of years combined. Yeah, we're, the, the boys have been rolling out money. I, I bet you there's one person in the country who's been betting this pick of ours hey, right, for every week for the last few it. years. And they just keep and, going, no, a thousand this week. Screw it. We're going with it. And I'm, I'm hoping for one day you're like, hey, Marshall, I got a check in the mail for us. I was a generous listener who wanted to share us yeah, some right, love. Exactly. I, it, it could happen. In 10 I, years. And, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, dude. By I, the you, way, we do. Yeah, good call. Good call. We want percentages. I'm not going to beat around the bush. We want a cut. Give us 1%, 2%. If, if, if we've been helping you cut. pay your rent Trademark. from the Crafty Crab family, please send some love. I, you know, I'm a teacher. I'm not saying I'm poor, but I ain't rich. I know lawyers, okay? We're coming after you. You're probably not even claiming that shit on your taxes. So, therefore, okay, yeah. That's we, we've been hitting a 70% clip. That's not too shabby. Um, So... As we move on, this season, I'll tell you, we got the six wins, baby. Fucking a. Even, no, you know what? It takes seven because uh, it's our sports game. Oh, all right. Well, hey, we 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 ain't scared. We're good. We got this. All right. Man, we got a doozy again. I won't say it's the worst ever because I've said that earlier this year when I truly <laughs> thought it was. But again, these two teams have played a combined thirteen. No. These teams have played a combined 14 games. They have a collective three wins together. So um, we're going to a 2.30 uh, central time kickoff in Amherst, Massachusetts, at the Warren McGurk Alumni Stadium. Uh, you have Ooh. the New Mexico State boys mm. traveling across country, a cross-country 
triple time zone trip. If this was the NFL, they'd say, take the Eastern Conference team. They're traveling time zones, guys. Maybe that's the angle here, but Vegas don't see it that way. Against the UMass Minutemen, the Marcus Camby, Chaz Robinson alumni game, UMass is one and six. New Mexico State is two and five. New Mexico State, despite traveling and playing in a different time zone, is getting two and a half points. My lord, brother, break this. Well, hey, it's your boy Jerry Kill. I'm Jerry Kill, the former go. Well, not saying your boy, but a former Gopher head coach. You obviously. He's not boys with P.J. Fleck. We know that. But a former Gopher head coach is traveling and taking his Aggies, who offensively have issues. <laughs> um, what's your gut say on this one, my friend? Because, man, this is the doozy. You have three combined wins this far into the season. You're getting a true crafty, crafty pick of the week. Well, I mean, to be fair, wait a second. Is Who's, who's – their only win was twenty to three over Stony Brook, the Sea Wolves. Wow. Maybe that's why New Mexico's favored. Wow. Golly. Okay, so um, New Mexico State. God, and it sucks. They're independent, so they don't have any. Oh wait, they do have a lineup. Okay. Um. What do you think about that over under? I mean, thirty eight and a half. Are, yeah, are, are these some Iowa def- This is an Iowa over under, sir. Is this some Hawkeye defense we got here? I mean, they're both right around hovering around thirty points a game, giving up some. Nope, and but they are <laughs> Iowa on offense. I'll give you that. Have we, have we hit a twelve? Or was there a nine in there? A twelve. UMass is only putting twelve points a game up. Jesus so, Lord. I think twelve is the lowest. I feel like. One that I pointed out maybe last week that was really low, but 12 points is super low. Now, you know, their opponent's only putting up 15, so what are you going to do? 76 yards per game passing. Oh, my God. How? And they don't, you know, rush the ball for two-something. Oh, wow. Okay, so, man, it is tough. So Vegas thinks – Vegas thinks you know, the Aggies are going to get the dub. But according to ESPN Analytics, they got UMass 60% chance to win. That's a healthy win. That's a healthy win. Boy, oh, boy. I mean, you know, I'm a, I am a kill guy. Okay? I am a kill guy. And, uh this is this is a really this is a bad one, dude. I see why you said that maybe this is the worst one. I'm not sure. Um, but you know, they did have to like regroup having so many people gone. They're coming off a dub. They've won two out of three, the Aggies. I think that the New Mexico State Aggies are gonna go on the road in enemy territory. Which, you know, 19 bucks to get into Warren. Work? What is that? Um, yep, I'm gonna. I'm going with Jerry Kill. Jerry Kill is gonna. 
back. God, see, there it goes again with the odds of back-to-back wins. How how can you pick back-to-back wins with these teams? Uh, well, actually, no, they lost their last game. I take that back. They lost their last. Oh no, they won their last. Shit. Okay, fuck it. I'm gonna stick. I'm sticking with my guns. I'm going. Jerry Kill, New Mexico State Aggies in the dub. Six and two. And for the um, uh, alumni battle, okay, we we always like to compare alumni. We started this for the last three years. Um, for New Mexico State alumni, um, the first name I recognize personally is Rich Beam, who was like an average PGA golfer at best. Uh, and then you you really got to start digging deep into googling names that uh, you don't recognize. And I, I like to think I'm somewhat of a well cultured person. Uh, Pascal Siakam who's a good NBA player for the Raptors, is uh, the next name recognized, and that's about it. Um, so I'm going to tip the cap to the UMass Minutemen for alumni battles because you have Marcus Com- Camby, John Calipari, uh, Chaz Robinson, who was like a, a five foot nine point guard for UMass, who's one of my favorite basketball players to ever watch, um, and he had a couple of uh, uh, NIT runs. So alumni battle is going to UMass, and rightfully so. My co-host taking the Aggies on the field, and I hope the Aggies come through for us again because we're we're hoping to be seven and two and get that residuals uh, check in the mail one of these years to pay off. Uh, maybe send us on a trip to Vegas because we we've been cashing tickets to seventy percent. That's hard to do. Um, a, a lot of people in Vegas say, "Hey, give me two thousand dollars, I'll give you winners for a year." We're we're giving this out for free every night. So uh, until then, uh, the boys are out. I promise you, we will have some fun Big Twelve to talk about. And maybe K-State will get to play West Virginia's punter, who will be running the Wildcat for their offense. We'll see. Will will the Horned Frogs stay alive again? Boys are out. Have a good one. Peace.